<laughs> I counted us in and then it counted us in. Oh. Hello and welcome to Alters and Oil Reloaded. Uh, as you can probably tell from that first couple seconds, we've had some difficulty with some of our uh, software, the systems that we use, so we've had to start again <laughs> and we'll figure it out in the end. But welcome to Alters and Oil Reloaded, the podcast where we're going to dissect the news um, for everyday people. Um, my name's uh, Alters, and with me is, as always, is Oyot the artist. I'm just going to edit that out now, so there's going to be no technical. I don't think you should edit that out. I think that's got some character. <laughs> no, there's going to be no technical difficulties, and you're going to be going just blabbering on. Everyone's going to be like, "What is he talking about?" It just went straight into the episode. <laughs> that's not fair. I think we're we're doing this, presenting news and dissecting things for the everyday people. They need to see that we're everyday people too. All right, no, that's All right. we're not that's... tech wizards. We're not zucks. No, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, uh, you say we're not zucks. So, Zucks, yeah, you know, fuck yeah. the zuck, as yep. you like to say. Yep, as I do like to say. Um, working on a little show that should be coming out, I don't know when, no pressure on myself, but um, it's coming along. I mean, um, that statement inherently comes with pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we're getting, we're getting off task, we're getting off that's task. Right. That's That's what the average Oh, yeah, you go. What? The average shows get, get distracted task. and that's why they don't yeah. accomplish anything. Yeah, it's fair. It's a bit TikTok now. It's just snippets of videos of crap. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of making a TikTok just to tell people to get off TikTok. Hey, man, many artists aren't appreciated in their time, all right? You might look back on TikTok and think, <laughs> wow, I really missed the boat there. Could have been no, something. TikTok is, it's in the name itself. It's a time waster. TikTok, TikTok, wasting time. And it's just the new version of the Vine. Like they had the Vine a couple of years ago. Now it's TikTok, and then the, the next one will just slowly, you know, nineteen eighty four itself to it'll just be T. It'll just be the letter T, and it'll it be does, three second videos. <laughs> it does. It does very much remind me of um, the family in Fahrenheit four five one. You know, the big TV screen is just loud and flashy, and it, it's not actually saying anything of consequence. It's just drawing attention. Yeah, um, and then yeah, and burn all the books. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, yeah. e-readers are where it's at now. You know, you know save paper, save the trees, man. No, I love books. Anyway, so for first-time listeners, what we do here on Alters and Oil is we uh, will have a look over news articles that we've come across for the week, or um, so, and we'll sort of dissect them and analyze them and explain them in maybe more friendly terms, or you know. Uh, put it in an audio format for people who don't have time to sit down and read uh, papers or don't like doing that. Yeah, and also I'd like to redirect people to better standards of journalism. Um, yep. I think the mainstream is crap. So um, we look at we look at a few mainstream articles every now and then and are a bit critical of those, but we also like to think we direct people to more independent journalists who deserve a bit more. Um, circulation. Yeah. And it also gives you that, um, I like people-powered sort of things. You know, if you're doing the wrong thing, the people will let you know and you, you're out. Whereas if you've got someone in your, you know, that's, you're on someone's payroll, you're just basically their mouthpiece. Bingo. Bingo. All right. 
let's All let's right. get into it. We're doing JobKeeper today, um, so let's just go through a little, a few definitions of these ones. Now, these are kind of straight from the ATO, aren't they? Yeah, these are generally from the ATO government websites. So yeah, we've gone straight to the source, the source um, to get these ones. So we've good job reference, source of all evil. Now, JobKeeper. So an employer may be eligible for JobKeeper if they ran a business in Australia or not-for-profit that's objectives were mainly in Australia. Uh, you employ at least one JobKeeper eligible employee, including those that have been stood down or rehired. Um, your business meets the original decline in turnover test, the basic one of which does your projected GST turnover for the turnover test period fall short for your current GST turnover for the comparison period, either a financial month or quarter by generally 30%, and for extensions, your business meets the actual decline in turnover test, which is similar, but based on actual results rather than projected. And there are some general ineligible, ineligible? Uh, employee types. Each ineligible. Yeah. E.g. government bodies, um, so yeah, uh, government bodies or government-owned uh, businesses. <laughs> this is quite a mouthful of everything I've yeah. learned. Yeah, I mean, they, these are just these are just some of the criteria you might need to meet to qualify for a job keeper payment or for a business to qualify for a job keeper payment. And there's a lot of which uh, is you know that that payment of up to fifteen hundred dollars. Um, is it? A fortnight for an employee? Fortnight. For not firing or uh, standing down an employee? All uh, Centrelink. Or, or for each employee you have on the books? I believe all Centrelink, um, like standard payment systems, go fortnightly. There might be exceptions. Uh, mm-hmm. An employee is eligible with. Um, so that, the, the first little bit that I just did was for employers. Um, so an employee is eligible if they are employed by you any time in the JobKeeper fortnight, didn't receive paid uh, parental leave or dad and partner pay, didn't receive uh, compensation pay for a total incapacity to work, are employed as a non-casual employee or long-term casual employee, employed on a regular uh, systemic basis for at least 12 months. They were 18 or older and uh, they are an Australian res- resident. Some of the requirements change and only come into effect if applying at or for a certain period. A lot of jargon seems very confusing, but I'm guessing if you're uh, looking to apply for JobKeeper or doing a JobKeeper sort of thing, um, you probably understand a lot of what I said just then. There's, there's more information about those tests and things on the ATO website. So there's some tools there to help with that. But, I mean, you know, it's pretty straightforward if you sit down and look at it, I suppose. But yep. there is a lot of ongoing reporting you have to do. It can be daunting, though. I remember helping, like, my mum. You've never helped anyone in your life. <laughs> I've helped many people go through, like, the process for getting on it. And she's like, I've never done it before. And I'm like, no one's done it before. It's a new initiative. <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing. Like you just you just have to read and fill in what it says. Name, date of birth, address. 
Uh, <laughs> moving on to Job Seeker. So Job Seeker is the, the, essentially the new New Start um, program. So it's financial help if you're between the age of 22 and age pension age and you're looking for work or if you uh, didn't know this one, or if you're sick or injured and can't perform your regular duties or the study that you do for a short time. So you have to meet income and asset tests. You can't have, you know, an exorbitant amount of assets uh, or income from, um, you know, uh, investments, things like that, um, and qualify for this. Um, you also have to be a resident, a resident of Australia, and you have to meet mutual obligations, uh, which vary from person to person, but they generally include, you know, uh, applying for a certain number of jobs a fortnight, attending uh, employment service providers, uh, doing work for the dole, other things like that, uh, generally study, training or volunteer work. Perfect. And then the final scheme we've got here is the job maker. So an incentive scheme for employers up to $200 per week per employee to employ additional people aged 16 to 35 between October 2020 and October 2021. Uh, you can claim this credit for 12 months from the employment start date, uh, e.g. employed on October 1st uh, this year, you can claim until October 1st, 2022. You can't claim this and JobKeeper at the same time and it's paid every three months to employers. Now, what we're gonna do today, we've got two little articles for you guys. We're going to go through the articles and see how these initiatives have been working in. Does the, the theory match the, the practice sort of thing? Um, what companies have and haven't been doing? I don't know about you, but I use sort of um, job seeker as a, oh, sorry, job keeper as a launching off buzzword um, from there. And I found that a lot of the articles sort of highlighted um, more in-depth stuff than just job keeper in that there was other things that we should have or could have been doing um and explaining those how did you find it this week uh you're just breaking up a little bit uh, but did you just ask how did i find it this week yeah i was just saying that i used uh job keeper as a um a launching off term to sort yeah. of get me looking at other things um a lot of the articles start by mentioning that and talking about that but then go in different directions yeah uh, i found the same i even found another article which i used in a little note next to my investigation, mm. my research. So it's just you end up going down these rabbit holes, but I think it's good to be aware um, of what go, what's going on and who's actually on your side sort of thing. And is it just me or like with last week when we were looking at the real estate market, I found that finance seems to be the hidden language underpinning all the major stuff in society. Did you find that as well again this week? Yeah, a little bit. And speaking of real estate, as I, I walked past the TV this morning, I don't normally watch TV, um, but it happened to be on. I was walking past. They're saying they're expecting an unexpected boom in housing prices. Yeah, if you can sort of... Uh... You, we might release that lost episode at, at some point after last week with our uh, <laughs> tech issues and having to take that down. The, bonus the lost episode. real estate episode. The mystery episode. Um, if you listen to it, you're you're very lucky. You're you're in that niche. Like you, you, think, <laughs> you, you, you think you think we're raw and unpolished today? Oh boy, <laughs> have I got something for you? I mean, today, I mean, I'm even turning off my mic while I'm taking sips of coffee and blowing my nose. Like, 
<laughs> that's polished. I don't know if it's coming through on your end, but I'm getting uh, like the mics cutting in or out. So hopefully on your end, the recording's fine. When we, um, I can I can hear you perfectly. Awesome. So when we, it's doing like a a, a breakup, but like I don't know if your your words are going too loud, but it's going like. Eh. <laughs> to but be look, fair, it is like a ten or fifteen year old headset that I'm using because you know right. I don't buy things. Fair enough. No, fair enough. Uh, we'll see how it works, and I might have to invest in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look these things take time they like you think i'm gonna make a podcast uh, or i'm gonna do whatever and you start and then you're like this is there's actually a lot of work to go into this like i wanted to make one last year about april and then i was just like not nah, too hard put it on the back burner luke goes to me hey <laughs> i want to do a podcast and i'm just like yes i'm ready and here we are sort of I've become so wise over the last 10 months. So wise. (laughs) Much wisdom. Such knowledge. All right. Should we start with the first article? Do you want to do your article first or shall I go first? Or rock, Um, paper, scissors? I don't care. I don't care. I'm I'm, I'm happy. All right. Hmm? Uh, Do you want to go first? I'm looking at my article now. I may as well go first. All right. So this article comes from independentaustralia.net. It's by Tarek Brooker, uh, and it's entitled Coalition's Eye-Watering Debt Yields Underwhelming Results. So the subheading for that is the Morrison government's eye-watering stimulus package has little to show in the way of long-term benefits for the majority of Australians. So as the bulk of the Morrison government's coronavirus stimulus package draws to a close, one can't help but be reminded of a quote from wartime British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, never let a good crisis go to waste. So uh, that was said by Churchill during the Yalta conference. So it's when the Allies met to discuss the reorganisation of Germany and Europe, and it eventually led to the formation of the UN. A lot of people sort of credit that to. Um, I also did find a lot of contradictions saying that he never actually said that. So <laughs> he didn't actually say that, give me a break, but I'm just going by what the article said. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Tarek is a political reporter. He's not a historical reporter. Give him a break. Anyway, so, but as we survey our nation before us and the path the Morrison government has chosen to take with its stimulus package, it's clear that the crisis has more or less completely gone to waste. So... Um, it'll go into a little bit more detail about the stimulus package uh, later on in the article, but it's totaling at the moment $507 billion, um, $257 billion of which is direct economic support, which I believe is uh, things like JobKeeper and JobSeeker increases, tax measures to, to support businesses, so things that are directly impacting uh, the economy. I don't know what the other stuff is. You can look at the budget yourself. I can't do everything for you. So aside from a paltry $3.47 a day increase to the rate of the job seeker allowance, I'm sure we've all heard about that in the news. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, very little long-term positive change has emerged from the Morrison government since the crisis began. While the COVID-19 pandemic will be remembered as an extremely challenging time for many Australians, it also represented an enormous opportunity to use the can-do political atmosphere to enact lasting positive policies for all Australians. So while I was doing my research and looking at articles, I tended to find a lot of people referencing the 2008 uh, GFC, the global financial crisis, and how Australia came out of that in a stronger position 
having invested a lot in infrastructure and improved their economy over that time. Um, so I think that's the sort of opportunities that they're talking about. Yeah, and uh, who was in power then? I believe it was the Labor Party. Uh, yeah, and uh, Kevin Rudd, the first time Labor had been in for a long time and they'd only been in for less than a year, like I think 10 months or something, and they um, were and faced with that and they did well. Boy, oh boy, were they carrying on about that stimulus package that they gave out. Oh, my God. Was it like $51 billion over four years? The Labor government's debt is outrageous. Our debt, good. Labor's debt, bad. (laughs) No, no, he's not in the politics of envy. So, you know, let's just... No, he's not into the politics. What a piece of shit. He's just... He's got the smuggest face. And I don't know why, because he's not accomplished anything. No, he's so dumb that he doesn't know he's dumb. So, like, that's how dumb he is, that he has this confidence. I believe that. <laughs> and then it's only painful for everybody else. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> God, that just brings me back to, to school. God, there were some people like that. Oh, speaking of Kevin Rudd, I shook his hand once. Doo-doo-doo. At school, when he came to our school. Was it, was it, was it soft? Does he moisturize? Yeah. Very soft hand. Was it soft? Does he moisturize? Very he, simple question. He very he probably does. It was very soft, but I think he was doing a lot of handshakes and he his his grip power had been it didn't strengthen. Oh, I've got he got a blister weaker from all my handshakes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got a blister. <laughs> Pretty <Nah>. much. <laughs> um, well, well, I just lined up five hundred school kids and he just goes along the line shaking everybody's hands and i'm like is this really what politics is dumb he should have done like a running high five of 500 school kids yep no he he was just going for the shakes how how far pr has come since then my god how far what pr public relations right yeah yeah you would never you'd never let that opportunity pass up now morrison can't even get a handshake He can get a handshake, but he has to take them by force. <laughs> Never seen anyone consent to a handshake with him. <laughs> well, look at the moment. The liberals uh, do appear to be pretty rapey. So, whoa! <laughs> I said, appeared. yeah, that's true. I said appeared. I did not accuse. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> and look, if he's just like, look, I've seen what our other party members do. Handshake. That's nothing. <laughs> it's a sliding scale. That's good. Sorry, he's not. He, it's a it's a scale. He's not that bad on the scale. On the scale, the scale of consent, very important. Ugh, that's uh, a scale. creepy sounding phrase. <laughs> the scale of consent. See, consent it's actually not, comes on a scale. It's not actually a scale. It's actually a yes or a no. But probably in the the liberal government's eyes, there is a scale. <laughs> Um, yeah, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be a, a spreadsheet to go off to calculate consent. Anyway, no, he probably has to consult his wife. Well, she does know best. Is it Jenny? Jenny knows best. Probably, I, I don't know. Thank God for Jenny. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway. So as a result, of, as a result of the crisis, that's an entirely that's a whole podcast on its own. Uh, as a result of the crisis, the government cost for borrowing money fell to its lowest level on record. So with the Commonwealth being able to borrow uh, for 30 years at one point at an interest rate of just 1.11%. So what I think he actually means there is uh, it was a 30-year low uh, interest rate for borrowing money. I didn't quite understand what that meant, and I had to do a little bit of looking into it. But essentially what they mean, um, so the 
government issues bonds um, to be bought or essentially loaned to investors for a set amount of time. And that's how the government can borrow and generate money. So in return, the investor gets a set level of interest back um, at, at regular intervals, and then they get their original investment back too. So that 1.1% interest rate was a 30-year low. So in March 2020, um, just as things were really getting crazy, the um, oh no, sorry, so that was in March 2020 as things were getting crazy, and that's compared to uh, the average for 2018, which was 3.12% uh, interest rate. So that's the amount that the government's paying back to those investors at those regular intervals. So it's essentially tripled in um, cost to borrow. It, 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 had third, it had been a third of what it was to borrow money. Yeah. So it was a great time to do it. So with rates at such incredibly low levels at the peak of the crisis, the Morrison government had an opportunity to borrow at well below inflation interest rates to do anything from nation building infrastructure to revitalizing key government services in the bush. Um, in reality, the government's stimulus response wasn't nearly as imaginative. It placed a heavy focus on its JobKeeper program, which provided businesses with a wage subsidy in order to keep their employees on the payroll. I think that's, I think that's a bit hard. I think that's kind of imaginative. I think there were things they could have done differently, but I thought that was a little bit of a creative idea, something that I certainly didn't think of when I... Well, I wouldn't have thought of at the time, maybe. Anyway. Yeah, um, fair enough. However... Well, what would you have thought of? <laughs> Actually, no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. I got something for that. <laughs> um, however, thanks to the generally highly impressive management of the virus by state and territory governments, an enormous proportion of JobKeeper funds were actually needed, weren't actually needed to save jobs. So essentially, some businesses were able to double dip based on this. Um, uh, so instead, they often flowed into record business profits, shareholder dividends, and six-figure executive bonuses. Some businesses were able to double dip. They kept their employees working um, as there was like little to no downturn uh, in the needs that they needed people to work. Um, and they were <coughs> also able to claim um, JobKeeper even though those employees... <laughs> even though their positions weren't in jeopardy. So they were able to double dip a couple of them. So uh, Harvey Norman's a good example. Um, and there's Bastards. probably some other ones. I didn't actually look too much into that one. Bastards. They had the highest year in sales All right, ever. It sounds to me like you've looked into it a bit. And they're like, oh, we're keeping all the money. Thank you. I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more. I, I dug into it a little bit more, but yeah, bastards. Oof. Did they, lo did they um, lose any employees as well? Or? Oh, I, I haven't looked into it that much, but I'm guessing. like that would, be, that would be the asshole trifecta, wouldn't it? Yeah. Keep the money, get record profits, and still lay off employees. Yeah, lay off all these employees, and then they'll be back. They'll be on Job Seeker, and then just get the government to force them back into work, so they can probably go back to Harvey Norman, uh, probably for a cheaper wage as well. That's I don't know if they did that, but I can I can totally see them doing that. I mean, you know. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like you have some sucks. person that's, you know, maybe worked Harvey Norman, let's say 10 years, they get the sack, they go on job seeker, and then they're looking at their resume and it's like, oh, actually, Harvey Norman are hiring now. You've got a lot of experience with them. Why don't, you, why don't you just go work for them? And then you're like, no, I don't want to work for them. And then they've got this new initiative, dob in a, dob in a bloody doll bludger, and that guy's getting dobbed in and just getting straight back to Harvey Norman. Just the universe saying, fuck that guy in particular. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know what you did in a previous life, but 
karma is all over you. It is playing a full court press on you. Maybe, maybe it's uh, the ring. Who's that? the boss of Harvey Norman? Some guy, Harvey. Harvey Norman? <laughs> no, that's. Two. I'm guessing if his first name's Harvey, it's Norman. No, no, his last name's Harvey. The other, and the other, the last name of the other guy was Norman, and they started. Um, maybe like all his. Maybe, was- maybe he married him and he took his last name, and that's why it's called Harvey Norman. <laughs> and that's maybe. just you know back then it wasn't as acceptable, so it's like yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good reason we amalgamated the name. <laughs> Let's start a shop together. Okay, darling. <laughs> I want to do antiques. I don't think there's a lot of money in that, honey. Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you continue on with your, your, your article. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with the jabs. Uh, yeah, you can save the jabs for your own article, all right? All right? Okay. <laughs> so now as the world surveys the damage from the pandemic to the global economy and the stimulus to government coffers, uh, borrowing costs have begun to skyrocket, and with all that extra debt, there will be no, there will no doubt be a drive by the Morrison government and others around the world to now attempt to move toward a balanced budget. So, since hitting a low of one point one one percent in March, um, those interest rates have almost tripled, rising to a high of three percent as of Friday last week. Um, this represents the highest interest rate payable on the Australian uh, bond since December of two thousand eighteen. So there is now speculation among market analysts that government borrowing costs may have bottomed out after 40 years of falling and that the only way up for those rates, the only way for those rates is up from here. So they're saying that, okay, that 1.11 was the best we're going to get and now it's going up. So for the government to borrow money, um, they're going to be paying more interest uh, to those investors. There's now, uh, so though this is still a matter of hotly contested debate, if this assertion proves to be correct the morrison government may have wasted australia's best chance to borrow money cheaply and build a better australia for everyone so uh, uh so the be- they're saying the best chance for quite quite a while hmm? oh, i just said so uh fuck the liberals fuck who the liberals uh, fuck the, the party of economic management well when i was reading when i was reading over um uh what's it called uh articles about uh, 2008 uh, they just wanted to do tax cuts for businesses and stimulate the economy that way. They're so unimaginative. It's the same thing every time. Businesses and banks, benefiting businesses and banks. It's just trickle-down economics or trickle-down oh, no. stimulus. Oh, you cut out And it there. just doesn't work. In total, the Morrison government committed to a $507 billion stimulus package. To put that into perspective, this is 4% greater than the entire expenditure of the 2018-2019 federal budget which happens to be the last financial year not impacted by the pandemic. So for less than 4% of the stimulus committed, every single one of the 116,000 estimated homeless Australians could have been housed in new social housing. Uh, For 0.00072% of the stimulus commitment, Australia could have had 50 large 737 water bombers for a national firefighting fleet capable of being deployed to wherever in the country they were needed during bushfire season. So if you want to play that game, the comparison game, obviously the first thing that everyone should be doing with $507 billion is a Coke and hookers party. That's always <laughs> always step number one where there's bulk <laughs> cash floating around, Coke and hookers party. Um, but I brought up some other comparisons that you could do. Um, So the first one is you could get 507 billion uh, Snickers bars when they're on special for a dollar at Coles. (laughs) Uh, 
the RSPCA received 112,530 animals last financial year, including about 28,000 dogs and 45,000 cats. So of those 73,000 dogs and cats, um, 3,767 were still in care at the end of the financial year. Um, so what we could have done, we could have bought each of them a 17 square meter apartment uh, at $168,000 for $630 million all up or 0.12% of the stimulus. So that's a shout back to the last week episode when we were talking about those tiny apartments. Um, or the government could have issued everyone in Australia, about 26 million people, let's say, a copy of Austin Powers, uh, the Austin Powers collection on Blu-ray. They're on uh, sale at Dick Smith for $31. And that would have only been 0.15% of the stimulus. Or if you think the government's a little bit out of touch with the population, um, oh, sorry, or if you think the government's a little bit out of touch with the population, uh, we could do some work to bring them closer together and you know join them with the community a bit more and build a new parliament house in every city with a population between 10,000 and 100,000. So for $412.5 billion or 81.4% of the stimulus. So this is just putting in perspective how massive this amount of money is. You could build 375 parliament houses and still have... 20% of that left over. Um, not to mention we could have increased the $2 billion national bushfire fund to however much we wanted because there's still people living in tents and not having electricity and running water after bushfire season last year. And they're just thanking their lucky stars that it was a fairly mild bushfire season this year. So the whole thing's pretty fucked. Yeah, that's um, pretty fucked. Instead of profound and transformative change that could have done anything from getting rough sleepers off the streets for good to protecting millions of homes from bushfires, we have little lasting benefit to show for the enormous level of expenditure. While it's clear that the government support was required in order to prevent mass job losses due to lockdowns, it's equally clear that JobKeeper could have covered far more workers such as casuals and those from the education sector if it's solely targeted businesses definitively impact by the pandemic and the ongoing crisis. So definitively impacts smaller businesses like cafes, restaurants that are definitively closing down or not getting people in because the restrictions are forcing them to not do it, as opposed to you know, Woolworths, uh, Harvey Norman, all these businesses that aren't actually being impacted. Like they're seeing the effects of COVID in terms of... Um, uh, staff numbers, things like that, but it's not actually having an impact on their um, their profits. Now as taxes do begin to rise in other parts of the Western world to pay for the enormous level of stimulus expenditure, we are told by the Prime Minister that clawing back these tens of billions in wasted taxpayer dollars is the politics of envy, which we all know that Scotty is not about. The coronavirus crisis could have had a silver lining that could have benefited Australians for decades to come through cleverly targeted government stimulus spending. Instead, the Australian people may have may one day look back on this crisis as a painful reminder of a missed opportunity which could have transformed Australia for the better for decades to come. And that's the article. Yeah. So um, one comparison I sort of drew from uh, could have transformed Australia for better for the decades to come. So at the start of the century, South Australia had no energy coming from renewable sources mm -hmm. and now they've got about 60% of their energy from that. So that's taken from uh, another article on um, the conversation. So looking over the 2021 budget, the word renewable was in there once, and that was referring to the Australian Renewable Energy Agency. 
and the words solar and wind were never mentioned in there in the in the budget for this last financial year or this current financial year that we're in so why couldn't we have used some of that money for that project or doing that getting all the states up to that level rather than one state going it alone and going through the hardship of getting that done very good question and that's just that's just one example i'm sure that there's people out there who would think that um, healthcare could have used a lot of that money. I mean, we just had a royal commission into aged care that could have used yeah, a lot true. of that money. True. Like, there's so many areas that we could have used it for. Yeah, and where did it go? Straight into Harvey Norman's pocket. Yeah, Harvey Norman <laughs> banks. There's a, there's a few. I tried to research it, um, and I, I found an article on it myself um, from the ABC. Um, I've just got a little quote here down in my notes. So. Um, the ATO has not investigated companies paying executive bonuses while receiving JobKeeper. And uh, Jeremy Hirschhorn, ATO's second uh, commissioner, um, however, he said around 10 companies were in discussions with the ATO about handing back their JobKeeper payments with a combined um, $50 million. Uh, not all of this has been returned as yet said Mr. Uh, Hirschhorn, and that was from the ABC. I'll leave a link to that article if you wanted to go look into it. It's, um, yeah, like, yeah, so the, basically saying, oh, we're not going to chase up companies if they did well. Um, uh, the politics if, of envy. Yeah, if they want to give it back, they can. I, I've heard rumours uh, Domino's are uh, giving it back and Toyota are giving it back. But um, also, if you check out uh, Albo's Twitter page, he's got a there's a little snippet on there about the the robo debt victims, and it's you know um, I'm not sure who the politician is. He's talking. He's about uh, basically we will find you and you end up in jail. So it's just like picking on people. It's, uh, it's not Christian Porter, is it? Sorry, it's not Christian Porter, is it? No, uh, no, 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 no. It's not him. <laughs> um, but then the whole robo debt scheme was completely illegal as well. Yeah, right. That's. Uh, <laughs> I haven't looked a whole lot into that. I just picking up things off the general vibe of outrage from people. Oh, it's. I think it's outrageous. Outrageous. It's un-Australian. It's a bloody disgrace. It is. Like it's, it, you got people on welfare already, and then all of a sudden the government's saying, "Hey, you're on welfare and you owe us money. What are you doing?" And then freaking yeah. people out. And, you know, people did end up committing suicide over it. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, if – I'm trying to think of someone. If uh, – no, I can't think of anyone. I was going to say uh, Gaddafi had somehow snuck into the country and he was claiming it. Yeah, I wouldn't want him getting it. But he's pretty—he's dead, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, even with hyperbole, I can't think of a scenario where that would be acceptable. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, you know, Harvey Norman's over here. Oh, we've made record sales this this financial year, and we've got the extra job keeper money. Thank you, thank you very much. We're, we're not going to look into it. We're not going to look into that. We're not in the politics of envy. Well, I mean, it's just what's called short sighted of the government to not build in any sort of mechanisms for them to reclaim that money if it mm. was not justified. Well, well, that's what the whole initiative was for, wasn't it? Hey, look, global uh, pandemic. Here, we've got this little. Job keeper thing, keep everyone on the books. We're not sure what's going to happen. This is an unprecedented event, global pandemic, um, at this scale in this modern 
uh, age where, you know, aeroplanes and boats and everything, the interconnectivity of the world. Um, here, we'll give you this little floater to make sure you can keep your staff on and try and keep business running as usual. Why wasn't there some sort of initiative? Hey, if your revenue is better than last year, if you're making money, you have to pay back what we gave you. Well, yeah, it's just short-sighted. Very short-sighted. What's it called? Um, you know, giving your kids your wallet to, you know, pay for the groceries and, you know, not asking them to bring you back a receipt. <laughs> or, now don't buy any ice cream, just the groceries. What are you talking about? I always, I would always get them to get ice cream. <laughs> no, I mean, if you sent the kids, oh, well, you don't have Yeah, food. I'd always be getting the kids to get ice cream. They would have a sense of the best flavours, as long as there's like a yellow or red sticker, whatever a special, whichever, where you, wherever you're shopping, whatever a special sticker is. Yeah, fair enough. You know, you need, you need to get the, uh, that's a 10. Oh. <laughs> you get him buying the ice cream. Who's, who's, who's he the taster for? What company? I'm not too sure. It's, I think it's an American company, but. Um, is it like just, Ben and Jerry's or. Just YouTube, that's a 10 and you'll, you'll understand. So that's a 10 <laughs> ice cream taster. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna make that just, my ringtone. It just gets more, each gets more intense after each word that he says, like Smooth, the flavors, creamy. the sweetener, <laughs> covers all 9,000 taste buds. Right, what uh, have you got for us in terms of an article? Right, let's, let's, let's back on track, back on track. So I've got, um, we, I have from michaelwest.com.au, independent journalists, and this one's by Callum Foot. Um, Footy. I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. It does have the, the little E there after the T. Uh, boss Keeper. Port's giant cube bullies its way into JobKeeper and plush bonuses. So these are one of these example companies of should they have given it back? Should they have even been getting the subsidy? Let's have a look. So shipping group Cube Holdings will give back 17 million in JobKeeper subsidies but pockets 13.5 million and some fancy executive bonuses, despite its uh, revenue raising strongly. How did it pull this off? Callum Foote investigates how the Liberal Party-linked Cube game gamed the tax office. Alrighty. So, bonus keeper. Cube Holdings paid out the largest executive dividends of any company that received the JobKeeper subsidy, some $2.7 million. Um, sorry, $2.78 million. Uh, the company's retiring CEO, Morris James, was granted $2 million. There's little evidence cube, uh, cube worth $5 billion was el- eligible for JobKeeper. A revenue drop of more than 50% was required to be eligible. However, at the end of June 2020, Cube reported that its underlying revenue had increased 9% over the same period in 2019. So, yeah, basically, here we have a company They've made more money, but they've weaseled their way into getting even more money. Um, in the 2020 financial year, July 2019 to June 2020, Cube Holdings revenue was $1.9 billion. As of December 2019, halfway through the 2020 financial year, Cube Holdings had already made $957.3 million, just over half of Cube's total profits for the year. This means Cube saw uh, 
nearly the exact same revenue in the two halves of the financial year 2020, despite supposedly being affected by COVID for four months in 2020. So they got to the halfway point of this financial year and it looked like they were tracking identical and they still applied for JobKeeper. Yeah, and was granted. So. <laughs> All right. All right, this, so, this ought to be good. This ought to be some fancy fast talking. <laughs> How did Cube qualify for JobKeeper? Well, in an affidavit signed by Michael Pate. What do you reckon this is? Sousa? Sousa? I'd say Sousa. S-O-U-S-A. Sousa. 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 Kaiser Sousa. Sansa. Um, <laughs> uh, a director, a director at Cube Ports and Bulk. He says that he advised union officer Warren Smith that as of April 14th, Cube was working with government to determine our eligibility, but we did not believe that we met the criteria at that point. As a result, I uh, explained the importance of engaging in the review. So, however, on the 16th of April 2020, after lengthy discussions with the Department of Treasury and the Australian Tax Office, it was determined that Cube would be eligible for the subsidy from April 2020, meaning that Cube could claim JobKeeper repayments. It is unclear what discussions enabled Cube to become eligible for the JobKeeper subsidy. The ATO refused to discuss how Cube qualified for JobKeeper. An ATO spokesperson simply stated that uh, entities were required to satisfy a decline in turnover conditions and that some entities were also able to use modified use a modified test modified test <laughs> what's going on what that modified test was an alternative test as prescribed by the commissioner to meet the turnover requirement so the do OG- you reckon over two days it was a it was a lot of bootlicking or it was a lot of um, donation removal threats Ooh. What's more effective over two days, carrot or stick? A stick. I reckon stick. You reckon stick? Yeah. Do they mention it? I'll let you go on. I wonder if they mention anything about Cube uh, donating to the Liberal Party at all. Let's, let's have a look. Um, the ATO is aware that some companies have been paying dividends and executive bonuses whilst in uh, receipt, receipt, receipt of JobKeeper. <laughs> However, such payments do not impact a company's eligibility for JobKeeper. Numerous union officers have reported to Michael West Media that a bargaining meeting held in Sydney last year, Michael Sosa stated that he had threatened to shut down seven Australian ports if Cube wasn't awarded the JobKeeper subsidy. Stick. 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 Cube has refused to comment on Michael Sosa but denied using a modified turnover test to gain the JobKeeper subsidy. Yeah. Whack, yeah, whack, so that's whack. a that's a big stick, maybe. It's a big one. Got nails in it. How many how many ports are there in Australia? <laughs> what was that? I wonder how many ports there are in Australia. Like, if there's like fourteen ports and cubes threatening to shut down half of them. Maybe who knows? Who knows? Someone would know. The internet would know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Warfy enemy number one. So Cube Management and the MUA have had a long and adversarial relationship centred around its founder and Warfy enemy number one, Chris Corrigan. Um, Corrigan was a central player in the 1998 waterfront dispute where as the managing 
managing director of Patrick Holdings, he attempted to sack the company's unionized workforce over workplace disputes. Corrigan and his fellow Patrick executives created Cube Holdings following the hostile takeover of Patrick Holdings by Toll Holdings in 2006. Created as a vehicle to take control of Patrick Holdings, Cube now owns half of Patrick's operations. The other half belongs to international investor Brookfield Holdings. Chris Corrigan and Cube Executive, uh, sorry, and the Cube Executive have strong ties with the Liberal Party dating back to the Howard government era. And the connection remains strong. Despite Corrigan's retirement, Morris James was one of the only four people of the federal government's National Freight and Supply Chain Expert Panel set up in 2017 and tasked with identifying key priorities for the National Freight and Supply Chain Strategy. Scott Morrison publicly condemned industrial action taken by Cube employees at the start of the pandemic. There's a lot to digest there. Can you, yeah. like, any anything you can elaborate on there? Um, it's just like this company was this company, but then they changed this company so they could buy this company yeah, and fuck, fuck unions. Yeah, pretty much. It looks like they're trying to destabilize the union. Um, and they've just gone through different holding companies and see they've been an attempt to sack the company's unionized workforce over workplace disputes and then they've created different holdings and done a hostile takeover um so so boss yeah <laughs> so it's so shit to do but it's, god it sounds boss <laughs> um sounds like a lot of shit fuckery is going on <laughs> Um, well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't understand the business world of holdings. It's maybe something I need to research myself a little bit more. Uh, but basically there's these different companies that are holding different, um, wharfy, uh, contracts, government contracts, wouldn't they? And wheel and, and dealings are happening and they're basically trying to, uh, ununionize, deunionize the workforce to take away workers' rights. Um, and even so industrial action was taken and condemned as well. So at the start of the pandemic, pandemic, the employees took an industrial action and that was condemned by Scott Morrison. And that's the same parliament that they shut down, didn't they? They shut down, you know, Spanish flu, World War Two. the government didn't shut down. But to save his own skin, he said the coronavirus is too risky to keep uh, the government opened, so we're closing. But they also, at the same time, kept schools open, I'm pretty sure. So that is correct. Who are they really looking after? Well, I mean, that's really a state decision, you know? I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I'm going to the beach. <laughs> the sharks are playing tonight. <laughs> what a slimy piece of shit. <laughs> um, what was that one? Hmm? What did you say then? It came through. Oh, I called him a slimy piece of shit. Do you need me to repeat that? So it's a, yeah. he's a slimy piece of shit, just so yeah, everyone can hear. So at the time, though, so I'll just continue here. Morrison wouldn't rule out military intervention to settle the militant and ex- extraordinary extortionate extortionate dispute, claiming falsely that forty ships were lined up outside Port Botany. Meanwhile, industrial action taken by the workers at freight company DP World, which was only just. Uh, culminated in the in an enterprise bargaining agreement signed on Tuesday received no attention from the Prime Minister. Brad Dunn, who worked for DP World for 25 years and led union negotiations for the MUA, 
said he found the different uh, responses interesting. According to Dunn, cube workers had taken industrial action uh, for just four hours to hold a meeting informing union members that negotiations had broken down before Morrison got involved. Yet industrial action taken by DP workers, which consisted of multiple 24-hour walk-offs and other industrial action um, over 18 months, received media silence. So what I'm getting from this, they had cube workers that had taken industrial action for just four hours to hold a meeting um, and negotiations were broken down before Morrison got involved. Yet you've had DP world workers taking multiple 24-hour walk-offs and other industrial action over 18 months and there's been dead air. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you here. As soon as you started talking about military intervention to you know break up the unions, I immediately went to you know that Simpsons episode where the plants on strike and Burns brings in the um the union the strike breakers and it's Grandpa and Jasper and we're not as spry as we used to be, but we have our ways, yeah. <laughs> like telling long stories that don't go anywhere. <laughs> now I've just gone to it's back in nineteen dickety four and the Kaiser had stopped. Oh, no. On that word. <laughs> what, what what did he steal their word for? Was it two? Two, I think so, or 20. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we had to come up with... <laughs> Give me five Bs, you'd say. <laughs> and you tie an onion to your belt. It was the style at the time. <laughs> uh, Grandpa. Oh, Grandpa. Classic Simpsons. <laughs> the golden days of the Simpsons. Oh, I watched an episode of The Simpsons the other day. Wow. wow. New one? Yeah, new one, like a fairly new one. It yeah, was gross. Tri- yeah, it was trippy as. It was not The Simpsons I remembered. It was giving me like um, uh, a little bit Rick and Morty vibes. And... Any Simpsons episode where a character could pull out a mobile phone, it's just, it's unsettling. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was like... Um, Homer was going through therapy, but he was also, it was like a dream sequence therapy. So it was like, was that actually real or not? And then Marge and Homer get a divorce and then they start dating other people. Was it real? It was, it was I don't know. I, it seemed very modern. And yeah, gross. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like some of these shows, they just need to stop. Didn't Simpsons just get renewed for two more seasons? Going for 40. Like it's be all new writers and new animators and everything. Does Matt Groening do anything? He's just, Collecting checks, collecting. Uh, he's probably he's probably thinking up the next thing he wants to do because he did Futurama, then he did Disenchantment. He's probably got something else in the works. Yeah, like, so he's working on other projects. And... He could get anything he wanted greenlit, couldn't he? Like he could just yeah, oh, yeah, go to any much. network and say, "This is my idea for a show," and they're like, mm, "I I want to do a just... show about squirrels." <laughs> just no, not animated. I'm just going to strap cameras to them and do it. And Matt, you've done it again. <laughs> He probably wouldn't even need to go to anyone. He could just start his own company and just hire people and just be like, get to work. Here are the squirrels. Yeah, get get the original gang back together, That uh, the original Simpsons writing gang. Get the get original them. gang back. Yeah. That's all I got. Like Ocean's Eleven style, go around and recruit them all. So just, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, Rick and Morty style. To, like on the set of Conan O'Brien. Oh, Conan's talking to a guest and he's just like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. So um, 
despite despite posting, uh, so the payback job keeper, despite posting four hundred and sorry nine hundred and forty million in revenue in their financial year for twenty one or twenty twenty one half yearly earning report, Cube is now trying to force some five hundred and ninety five wharfies to pay back Cube a portion of their JobKeeper subsidy through unpaid hours if the worker, for whatever reason, did not work their full hours whilst recovering the subsidy. What a piece right, well, of shit company. Yeah, well, hold on. But hold on. If the company puts something into their paperwork or into their system, whatever, to sort of have that as a mechanism for them, that's more than the government did. Like, they're more prepared than the government. No, but wasn't the point of the job keepers that, like, hey, we may not have enough work for you. We're going to give you money to give to your employees so you don't have to lay anyone off. And now Cube's going, oh, you didn't work for us as much as we wanted. Give us that money back that we've already pocketed, that we weren't entitled to originally, that we've already pocketed. How much did they pocket? 13 point? Well, it was originally you were saying 30, and they, they, they're giving back 17. No, no, they got they, – they will give back 17, but they pocket 13.5 million. Yeah, but and you said originally. To, and now they're trying to get more out of all, all I'm taking from this is I'm buying some Cube stock because they know how to make money. <laughs> you end up they don't buying care like, how they do it. No, that's an actual product, like stock cubes. I was thinking you end up buying like stock cubes <laughs> for cooking. Well, those are handy too. I've got my cube stock. Oh, yeah, baby. You tell me how to get a more concentrated amount of flavor in an easier way. I'm listening. Go on, tell me. I'll work on it. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. These things take time. You trained to be a chef. You should know these things. I trained when chef's a psychopath. I'm out of here. Um, And what, you just dumped all the training knowledge out of your brain at the same time? Yeah, pretty much. That doesn't seem like a very useful use of time. It wasn't. I couldn't get the knowledge to stick in my brain. I'm like, I'm just not built for this. I'm not built. I don't have the... The ketamine to do it? Yeah. No, it's the cocaine. Definitely don't want to be doing ketamine in the kitchen. I thought they were really big on that in the kitchens, ketamine. Meth. Big amongst the vets. Vets love it. That's the the kitchen. uh, They don't call it cooking for nothing, all right? What, why why meth? I thought you'd want to like mellow out a little bit in the kitchens. And it's so nah, you want to be go, 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 go. Get everything out and then collapse on the floor at the end of your shift. Do you want to be go, 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 but can't afford cocaine? Yes, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Are you not cut out for the boardroom? Well, come to the kitchen. Um, <laughs> now, as, uh, as is pointed out to... Michael West Media by M. Oh my God, I just realized they could have used the subsidy to give all chefs cocaine instead of meth. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and I'm assuming that would have just boosted their immune system to the point where they couldn't get COVID and all the restaurants would have been allowed to stay open. Give everyone cocaine, immune systems through the roof, no COVID. I've fixed Maybe. it. Oh, yeah. Draft, draft some legislation, put a proposal in. Well, I don't have the energy to do that until I get some cocaine and the government spent all the cocaine money. The cocaine COVID recovery plan. Now, back to being serious. As it is pointed out to Mike, out to Mike, you've done it, you've done it, 
I can't do it anymore. Can't continue. You could barely read it before. Don't blame me. All right. As is pointed out to Michael West Media by MUA spokesperson, wharf work is seasonal and hours depend on when ships arrive at port to be processed. Cube's HR uh, department explicitly told employees in a company-wide email that the unworked portion of the guarantee up to JobKeeper amount, which is 1500 will not have to be repaid. Bang. All right, I stand corrected. They didn't uh, have any forethought. Continue. Um, Cube management argues that it's that its wharfies were given job a JobKeeper payment for 80 hours of work in a 28-day period. It remains to be seen how much repayment Cube are seeking, the result of which would allow them to call back the 17 million in JobKeeper payments that have just returned to the government. Oh, so we have to give that money to the government, do we? Well, we're going to steal it back from our employees. Fuck you. I reckon they're approaching their employees. Hey, guys, the, the government needs that money back. We you got to give that yes. money back. Yeah, that's what that, that's how they've spin it, definitely. God damn, that is some underhanded gangster shit. God. Also. So um, smooth. Just to, just to finish this one off, a similar dispute between unions and Qantas is before the courts as well. So the MUA is awaiting the result of that legal action before it takes court action. God, now I want to read up on that Qantas one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So everyone's been a dick. Not the Wharfies. Leave the Wharfies alone. No, the Wharfies. Wharfies are cool. They they, they do the hard yards and they bring us our quality goods that feed our capitalistic society. All hail material gains. At least, at least they do that. At least until drones get the range to deliver overseas, that'd be sweet. International drones, <laughs> just these giant drones <laughs> across the water. Actually, I, I, I'm before that. Um, Everyone in the world has like faint tinnitus, just but it's actually just drones buzzing constantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is that the murder hornets? No, it's just the drones. Yeah, every day is like a shitty podcast recording. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this show. <laughs> <laughs> our our improvement is exponential, Aaron. It's only episode two. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> if we release the mystery. And hopefully it won't take like four hours next time. Um, Hello? He's disappeared. Oh, I lost me. my train of thought. Actually, no, I'm in support of the drone delivery system. Um, that will free up a lot of shipping channels for like marine life. So... They can swim around and stuff more. Oh, who am I kidding? They probably feel it with uh, more fishing boats. <laughs> Boom. I don't uh, even know um, where the last bit of – look, we're having technical difficulties. I'm going to be honest. Transparency. A um, little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. We'll, we'll edit this stuff up, fix it up, hopefully. Um, I don't know where we got cut off. But we're just doing a wrap up now, so no, we'll figure it out. We'll just put in some like, you know, crusty reruns in there or something. <laughs> we'll sew it together. It's fine. Oh, you know, um, what episode I watched the other day, oh, classic yeah. Simpsons, um, the clown school one. That's it. You people have held me back for long enough. I'm going to clown school. Just sitting there building the um, big top. Yeah, out of mashed potato. Do you reckon that's a uh, call to? Um, what is it? Strange Encounters? Of the third kind? Or? Yeah. And the guy starts going nuts and building the, the giant um, mountain in the house. 
I think that's the movie. And the yeah, pretty sure that's it. There, that's probably that's probably it. Oh, there's so many. You go back and you're just like, I'm just watching all the clips are just throwbacks to other shows that all the animators and writers grew up with, and it's just a collection of. The, yeah, those they didn't actually. They didn't actually, they didn't actually do any writing. They no. just call back to other stuff. They just stole everything else from everyone else, made it into episodes, and went, eh, no one's. No one's going to watch this that writes But the thing is, the system works. It's a good system. It's a good system. Steal from other artists, lady. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Just as nature intended. The spiders eat the flies and the birds eat the spiders. Everyone's stealing from everyone. The circle of life. What about those spiders that eat birds? Yeah, well, yep. Shut you up pretty quick, David Attenborough. That's the... It's just like, uh, I don't know. Don't, don't think about it, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> right, that is our show. The spiders that eat people. I also them. Know. Also them. <laughs> it happens. Fuck, spiders are fucked. I like spiders. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. That is our, that is our show for this week. Um, if you've got any uh, new topics for us you'd like us to discuss, hit up our um, our Twitter page. Um, we don't have a Twitter page. I got a Twitter page. Hit up our Twitter page that I'm going to make this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, also, check out my Twitter page, which is Oyalt, the letter two, so O-I-A-L-T two. Um, that's just directly personally linked to my stuff. So me and Luke, we're... We're acting as two separate individual people, entities that are coming together to collaborate to bring you this podcast. Are you are you telling me that Oyalt and Oyalt One were taken? Oyalt was taken, and who took Oyalt? I don't, I don't know. And it suggested Oyalt Two, and I was just like, actually, that that fits with my artistic theme to my work with the name Oyalt. So I was just like. Boom, I'll leave that in there. All right, and on that bit of inside <laughs> industry information, we'll leave it there. Everyone, make sure you stay safe and stay informed, and we'll speak to you soon. Yes, and fuck fake Facebook. Fuck Facebook.